welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. Welcome to Vista Talks, interesting discussions with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host from today, Priscilla Charles, and today we're joined by Yuka Gekir Nakasone. Uh, welcome, Yuka. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to be with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Very welcome. So, um, Yuka is a Globalization Localization Director at Bibli, and uh, we'll be going through uh, Yuka's uh, career background and um, and views on localization today. So let's get on with the show. So Yuka, could you take us through your educational and career background, please, um, taking us all the way up to your current position? Okay, um, it's a long story. Maybe I can write a novel, <laughs> but I try to summarize. I, I am Japanese, born in Japan, and uh, grew up in Japan until I um, graduated from uh, university and I went to Tokyo to study Spanish studies until then I grew up in a town a hundred kilometers north from Tokyo rural area and without anything to do with foreign countries foreigners other cultures but somehow I dreamed of living overseas when I was uh, grown up yeah. and maybe because of the TV series I was watching from the States or from UK and I really dreaming of uh, studying English and um, I went to to Tokyo to study Spanish yeah. studies and then um, no worries at all so you went to, to Tokyo to study, um, what, what university was this? Um, I went to a university called uh, Tokyo University of Foreign Studies. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best uh, universities to, uh, in Japan in terms of languages. Mm -hmm. And um, and there, and there you, you did a bachelor's degree in Spanish? Yeah, I, I studied Spanish studies and um, after I graduated from the university, instead of going to the corporate world mm -hmm. in Japan, yeah. which my professor really wanted, yes. I went off to Madrid to oh. study because I wanted to perfect my Spanish. Yes. I, studied, I started to learn Spanish when I was 18 years old, oh, wow. so uh, graduating from a uh, university with a degree didn't mean that I could speak fluently, yes. I could read without any problem, mm -hmm. it was not that. Yes. So I just wanted to perfect my Spanish and I went off to, to Madrid. You went off to Madrid. And uh, what, what about when you finished your, um, uh, after Madrid, you went to the United States, I understand. Yes. In Madrid, I had a very interesting job after a year of study. Um, it was not about languages mm -hmm. because it was a real estate business yes. uh, doing big projects like um, resort project, 
or building project but I was the only one who could sp speak three languages they used of course, English yeah English Japanese yeah and Spanish and I was very young but I realized that senior people really started to rely on me mm -hmm. because my language skills and there I understood the importance of uh, languages, languages yes. and understanding culture and how I have to interpret the culture in the negotiation and advise the senior people, mm -hmm. not just uh, interpreting literally, but advising. Maybe Spanish people are saying this, maybe yeah. this means that, and probably you have to respond in this way. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So, that was the start of my language career, but I couldn't um, throw out my dream of going to the States. So when the chance came, I just took a risk and I went to Boston to study. That's wonderful. And at the end of the study, it was just a six month uh, summer course, mm -hmm. but um, within six weeks, Mm, I got a job. Wow. And they wanted even quit the summer school to go to work. But yeah. I, I didn't have the, the work permission. So I said, wait, I'm going to finish study. Yes. And then I go back to Japan, mm -hmm. get the visa yes. and come back and work. And, um, and you stayed a little bit in Boston then, but then you came back to, you came back to Japan, but then you went to Spain as well. I mean, considering your current position now? In terms of business, I loved it. It was a mixture of technology, languages, and people. So I really loved the localization business. But somehow, knowing how European people or Spanish people lived across the, the pond, across the Atlantic, yeah. I was not sure if my nice and convenient American life was really good for me or I not. See. Yeah, you wanted a sort of a challenge. You wanted to see what could be, you know, um, what could come next, you know. Yeah. So that kind of brings it very interesting. That kind of brings me to up to my next question. So we're talking about uh, Spanish. Why? Why this love of Spanish in the first place? Why choosing Spanish and yeah. not, I don't know, German or? I don't know, um, any other language. Um, it's a very good question because I learned a lot when I chose uh, Spanish mm -hmm. because, uh, as I told you, I was dreaming of uh, continuous studying yes. English. I loved uh, American TVCs, UK TVCs, and I'm dreaming of going to foreign countries, but it meant like maybe to the States or to yeah. UK. And um, when I was a high school student, of course, we have to choose which course you have to take. Yes, of course. As a as adult, like what you want to continue studying or become as a, uh, a professional. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to continue study English 
and I talked to my teacher and he said to me, it was a bad idea. It was a really bad idea <laughs> because um, as I said to you already, I was from a rural area. Yes. My family doesn't any background with foreign cultures, foreigners, blah, blah, blah. So as much as I loved my English was, um, studied English. And at that time, Japanese people became very powerful and they were everywhere mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. In the States yes. or in UK or in everywhere else, there are lots of people working and living. Mm -hmm. The consequence was there are lots of bilingual kids growing yes. there. So he said, um, what are you going to do if you have to compete with these all these bilingual child, mm -hmm. the bilingual kids that are studying in English and their parents are Japanese. And he said, the value comes where the scarcity is. So you have to think um, something else. Bring a third, third yeah. language in the mix, yeah. yeah. So it was a kind of shock yeah. because I was uh, believing that I want to, I really can make a living. Of English. Yeah. Yes. Studying English. But he said, he questioned, he challenged. And I think he was right. So I, from there for several weeks, I went to the library mm -hmm. every day yeah. and kind of did a research by myself yourself. and one day I picked up, up, up a book about the United Nations mm -hmm. and there they're stating there are five official languages other than English and it just hit me because okay value came, comes from scarcity but there have to be demand as well yes it's a balance of uh, demand and supply so I can't really learn something that nobody uses for business. For example, I don't know, like Eskimo language. Maybe I can go to a university and research and live in that way. But if I want to live um, with languages, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I decided to choose from one of these five official languages and in my mind, it was kind of clear that I want to go to Western Europe. So um, was French or Spanish. Mm -hmm. I love both ideas. Yes. Really both. I really loved. And I'm by default, I'm a very indecisive person. person. So I put it uh, in life's decision. I took an entrance exam for Spanish studies and French studies. And both universities are very competitive and very difficult to enter. And the same teacher laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> You're not gonna make it. But you made it. Yeah. And I completely believed that one of them or both of them are going to say no. So I was very cool and calm. I don't have to choose. 
But at the end of the day, I got two yes. And there I had a real crisis because I didn't know what to choose. Yeah. Because I loved French culture. I loved the、uh, Spanish culture because I read, I read a lot、oh, when, I was, uh, when I was young. And I really loved both. At the end of the day, what I did was to be practical, thinking about my family and their resources. I chose Spanish studies because it was for, from state university, and the other French study was from a private university,、yeah. and it was one of the, the most expensive ones. So I chose Spanish studies, not because I really loved only Spanish, but because of the circumstances.、Practical. Yeah. I see. Yeah. But、um, the life, our life is very, very interesting because I ended up、uh, marrying to a Frenchman. A Frenchman, yes. And in, in the end, I had to learn, really had to learn French, French too. So, so it became. You speak four languages now?、Uh, yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. And my university teacher wouldn't believe <laughs> because、yeah. he said, no, no, you, can, you can't handle French and、yeah. uh, Spanish at the same time. Well, you certainly proved him wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so,、um, go, coming back to your current role now,、mm-hmm. three years ago you joined Biblo.、Mm-hmm. You're、uh, currently in Barcelona. Yeah. If I'm right, right. So,、um, Bayblue provides omni channel digital marketing、mm-hmm. and analytic s o l u t i o n for retailers in more than 20 countries in the world.、Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about the organization, about your role in Bayblue? Okay.、Um, about Bayblue, it's a very interesting com- company founded、uh, about 10 years ago, 2008, by a very visionary CEO、mm-hmm. uh, called Jama Potel. And He had a vision of connecting people by technology、mm-hmm. and serving to the community. So, this is the basic of b i a b l u which is still alive、yeah. right now. And of course, his vision、uh, grew by the course of the business, but this is the basic of the basics of b i a b l u What b i a b l u d o is By using digital signage and other technologies,、um, measure the behavior、mm-hmm. of people,、yes. customers, or visitors,、yes. and reflect the data to your activities so you can、uh, adjust、yes. your strategy. Almost, yeah. almost real time. And in the mix, with the mix of、uh, AI、mm-hmm. right now, it's much easier not even have to have people deciding, people choosing, people doing everything. You can just、uh, mix with、uh, artificial intelligence. Yes. And,、um, Let this part to the technology as well. Okay. And、uh, so that's very interesting. And what about your role specifically in Beablu? In Beablu, my role is to oversee 
all the localization activities and yes. translation activities in the company, take care of uh, development yeah. localization, working with product mm -hmm. and development team, and implementing agile localization and implementing our localization process yes. into their own process so we don't do double work, for mm -hmm. example, QA. Yes. That if you outsource, maybe we are doing the same thing in in two different process. Mm -hmm. While QA engineer is doing the QA, maybe linguist is doing the same exact uh, thing yes. um, outside of com company. But if we merge it, it's more effective. Effective, save some time. Yeah. yeah, save some time and uh, you make sure everything is covered, Yes, but not repeating many steps. And this is what I am doing. It's a, a whole process from designing, internationalization needs to be done with the team, and then uh, coding and testing and uh, taking care of the customers and taking the request and evaluating um, that and it's it's a cycle of agile it's a whole process yeah yes. agile development clever. yes and uh, i'm trying to integrate agile localization into that mm -hmm. and um, i'm bringing in a continuous localization process um, in this mix so we can do it Automa automatically yes. and we can do it um, very efficiently. Yes, and on a global scale, of course. Yes. Yes. So, um, so that's very interesting. So I understand if you do it on a global scale, you'd have a whole variety of clients, customers. Can you tell us about, a bit about the different industries and types of clients that you've been mm -hmm. working with? Okay. Um, Beavlu's clients, Beavlu has um, a very wide range of customers mm -hmm. in terms of sectors, industry, and scale of the business. Because one of the characteristics of um, Beable product is its versatility. Yeah. As I said, our technology can be used in an airport, in a retail shop, mm -hmm. in an event. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you don't even have to use the digital signage because at the end of the day it's tracking people, right? Yes. So, for example, in an event we can track a flow of people without signage yeah. or with the signage, mm -hmm. something like that. But we launched a um, new product mix called Active Customer Intelligence Suite mm -hmm. um, this summer. And this focuses on the retail industry because uh, we found that retail really could use our technology yes. to grow and yes. to go through the digital transformation. Yes. Now it's happening and they're feeling um, this transformation very much yes, in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the focus of Beaboo, but it's it can be used in in any industry. In many different industries, yeah. of course, yeah. But and for sure. If I talk about scale, yes. Um, 
we really have a wide range of uh, business size from uh, just one restaurant in Barcelona mm -hmm. using our signage yes. and tracking one restaurant, just a restaurant, right? Or a shop, a store. But at the same time, we're serving to a huge multinational retail chain. So the same product can serve both of them. Both, yeah, of course. That's great. So speaking about the retail industry, um, in an interview last year, you were discussing your thoughts on the retail industry, mm -hmm. how the landscape is changing. So um, within the space of a year, what, what would you have noticed? How, what have you noticed uh, on the industry? Like what, what has changed? If I talk about retail industry, mm -hmm. I think we finally saw some uh, implementation and realization of the theories that we talked about a long time, like Amazon launched cashless, cashless mm -hmm. store. Yes. And at the same time, Alibaba was doing something in China yes. and they're really doing what they were saying yeah. we could do, right? So this is what happened this, uh, uh, this year, I think. If you talk about future changes coming for, 20, for the end of 2018 and towards 2019, do you see any particular trends, mm -hmm. um, any new technology that would be impacting retail and e-commerce? Yeah, what I'm seeing is, um, depending on the country, the speed is really different and what they're doing is different. But I think we are changing the way of paying right now. Um, surprisingly surprisingly enough that the most advanced country in this mm -hmm. is I think it's China China yes which China we thought market, yes. yeah we thought they were behind several years ago yeah we never talked the yeah. China being the Number top one, of yes top of this but in the reality is they made it happen mm -hmm. and I think this is going to come to to the Western world. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same or localized version. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the local, localized version because uh, Spanish, uh, Chinese culture yes. um, needs to be there to fully take advantage of, for example, um, WeChat platform that makes people life easier. Yes, to buy. Yeah, to, to manage everything in their life mm -hmm. in one application. But if we take this into Western culture, do people want one application to manage our life. Uh, is this going to work? Yeah. Yes, same way. I think the mentality is a little dif mm -hmm. different, so I don't think it's going to be exactly the same, 
but maybe this trend of managing um, most of the, the part of our life is going to come into the Western world. Yes, yes, I suppose you really have, well, the principle of organization really is to adapt the content mm -hmm. of anything yeah. to a particular locale. Uh -huh. So this is what you have to do to be able to understand your customers mm -hmm. best, to understand what their needs are, yeah. to make sure that the app would work, for instance, yeah. in its country, because yeah. every culture is different. Yeah. Yes. And now they're saying that, okay, China is at the top of the the okay. world, yeah. the game, but they're saying at the same time, but they're not localizing well into other cultures, mm -hmm. and maybe this is true. Yes. So they have to localize, study foreign cultures, and bring their technology, but in their customers' way, yeah. not their own way. Yes. Maybe this is what's going to happen. And maybe this is where we have to serve as a localization professional. Yes. This is what I see now. And do you see, that's very interesting, do you see this happening or in the next five years or what about, I don't know, in the next 20 years? Would you see any type of technology or trend that would be changing everything? Except because we're talking a lot about artificial intelligence at the mm -hmm. moment. So that's. I'd say would be a huge factor to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. How would you see this impacting the sector? Well, artificial intelligence, lots of people in our industry, I mean, in our industry, I have to talk about uh, localization first. In the localization industry, lots of people are afraid of artificial intelligence, but I don't think we have to be scared and actually the localization industry is one of the first industries that realized the use of artificial mm -hmm. intelligence and started to Absolutely, use yeah. in our own business and the consequence is who went who went um, outside of business I mean, everybody adjusted. Of course, we had to adjust, we had to adapt, we had to do something else that we, we were not doing or we didn't know we could do. Yeah. We had to change, but at the end of the day, we adapted. We keep adapting to this new reality that artificial intelligence is taking all these tedious manual work that we had to do before. I mean, if we think about translators' work 10 years ago, there's lots of, lots of things that I didn't want to do. I, I did lots of work as a freelance translator. And now I think of it, I would have welcomed artificial intelligence. To have you. Yeah. Yes. And we have to change the mindset. Instead of saying it's going to take my job or my work, thinking that how can I take advantage of the technology? Yeah. And there's always a way to do it. 
and in the end artificial intelligence is artificial it needs somebody to to create from the first place and manage yeah you, you still need a bit of human skills yeah until uh, it comes to the point of singularity that they could decide Absolutely. they could multiply they yeah. could create yeah and I think it will come I don't know when I mean you talked about five years 20 years yeah I don't know yeah I mean we don't even know what's gonna happen next year next year Absolutely, yeah. I mean in terms of my, of my life or my goal now I use the format of 90 days I just uh, plan my 90 day goals yes and sometimes I I'm wrong in 90 days three months mm -hmm. right and I look back three months I can see how much I changed how much everything changed yes. how, things happens in in unexpected way yes absolutely. Right? Changes so, so faster. one year five year 20 years yes. I can't really predict <laughs> no I understand mm. so um, speaking of um, um, artificial intentions how is everything changing you're saying that um, people are maybe not considering or would have not considered AI to help them as a translator so would you say it's one of the mistakes that brands like uh, brands could do for instance could make when it comes to entering new markets you know not considering not taking into consideration assets help they would have for such from such technologies in localization you yeah mean? yeah um, I think it's a mistake not to try. Trying and say no, I think it's uh, valid. But first you have to try and prove yourself you're right. Yes. Not to use it. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say you really need to try. Yes. And see what happens. And um, I said in our industry, in terms of artificial intelligence, first I talked about localization, yeah. but in retail, it helps a lot as well. Yes. What brings, uh, sorry, what Beobu brings yeah. to the retail world is mm, the same as in localization world the work we had to do manually and sometimes without the basis of any data yes we had to do it intuitively now you can take advantage of real-time data and now you have the intelligence to decide at the moment mm -hmm. and change the course of your for example install marketing you can rely on the technology to do that yes that's in that's what's happening in the retail industry Absolutely. and you really have to take advantage of that Absolutely. because um, doing business um, guessing yeah is a wrong strategy if you can use data use data to help you yes yeah. Absolutely. and this is what we do and Bia Blue um, was founded in 2008 and they started to use big data before all the hype mm -hmm. of big data. Yeah. And 
of course we're using artificial intelligence right now um, much before people are really integrating this into the real world that's the reason why maybe the Goldman Sachs said that Beerblue is one of the technology to watch for the retail space and we are really honored to be mentioned in their report that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And um, finally, I wanted to ask you, if you would you have any other projects that you'd like to share with our audience, maybe working on at the moment? Um, well, my other projects, in terms of localization, I'm really into innovation now. So I'm helping process innovation challenge uh, in local world, localization world and it's very interesting it's the front line of the most advanced so this is what I'm focusing on right now and at the same time I came across with some questions from top management not from Beerblue but from my friends um, about their struggle of managing global team and I it just hit me like what we do we lo localization professional do so well in the marketing mm -hmm. and descending the culture and breaking this culture code and doing things in in local market mm -hmm. and taking all the local markets as a global market building a global brand this is what we do as localization professional right now and it just hit me we're not doing the same great job with the top management yes we have to um, we have to share our experiences mm -hmm. and let's see if we can assist them to manage global team efficiently and effectively and this is what I'm taking a look at aside from all the project I'm doing that's brilliant well thanks very much uh, Yuka that was uh, fascinating thanks for taking the time to be on today's show and so this is the end of uh, today's show with the uh, Yuka Gekker Nakasone from Beiblu. Uh, we'll be back soon um, for another Vista Talk show with more interesting discussions with interesting people from around the world. 